I'm Teresa Holt, and I am so glad that you joined us in worship today. Some announcements I want to bring to your attention. We have three Zoom groups that are going Bible studies, and two of them start this week, one last week, but you're more than welcome to join in any of them. We have the Book of Joy that is based on the the book by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. We have Living Joy, led by Bill Sarden. It's a study on the Psalm, 23rd Psalm, which will also be the series that we will be doing during Epiphany. And then we have a reading, A Letter of Joy by uh, J.J. Galloway, and it will be on the book of Philippians. You're welcome to go online, check it out, and register for any of these Zoom groups. Our children are doing unexpected joy mission kits. If you'd like to participate, any families and even those without children, All you need to do is go online, and there's information about how to develop kits for those in our Open Arms Food Pantry or for you to give out to the homeless. And last but not least, we also have um, Shane, who is our youth pastor, who will be doing porch visits. If you would like for your family with youth to be able to visit with Shane on your porch, just call the office, and they'll be glad to put you in touch with him. Sympathy for the following individuals who passed away this week. Our sympathy to the prayers and the family of Sadie Wingard and the passing of her sister, Robbie, to the family of Marianne Schnipper and the Vines and the passing of her husband, Don Schnipper, and also to the family of June Eubanks and the passing of her husband, Carl Eubanks, and also Francesca Davis and the passing of her partner, Jim McDonald. Please keep all of these families and many more in your prayers this week. Let us begin worship by centering ourselves and being in prayer. 
God, as we come to you today in worship, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We've not done your will. We've broken your law. We have rebelled against your love, and we have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Here, in this space today, in our living rooms, we ask you to free us for joyful obedience. Forgive us. May we ever be aware of your presence today so that when we go out into the world, this broken world, we can radiate that joy so that they can experience your love and forgiveness. Amen. Would you join me in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, I invite you to sing with me our first hymn this morning, At the Name of Jesus. Methodist Church, and it's good to be back with you after a couple of weeks. 
This morning, as we look to God, we want to remember not only the names of those who have lost loved ones, but all those who have lost loved ones during this global pandemic, those who are suffering. And we want to remember our own country, the brokenness that we are experiencing right now. And our prayer, as always, is for God to be with us during this service and the Holy Spirit to speak to us so that we can speak with joy to the world. Will you join me as we pray? God of us all, we invite you into this holy place here in this sanctuary and in the rooms that are watching us virtually this morning. We need your spirit, God. We need your guidance. Thank you for loving us when we don't know how to love each other sometimes. Thank you for being with us every minute, every second of our lives. And thank you for this opportunity to worship you on this holy Sabbath day. We pray, God that the brokenness in our country and our world would begin to mend on this Sabbath morning. As many of your children gather together in places of worship, in front of TV screens, phone screens, iPads, we pray, God, that your love will envelop us. That your peace would inspire us. That your mercy would hold us, forgive us of every sin. Renew us to go forward to speak words of peace. Reconcile us to each other so that we all can be witnesses of the love that formed your kingdom in heaven and upon earth. We pray, God, for those who have lost loved ones recently, those we know and those we name silently in our hearts now. 
We pray your peace will be with them and your comfort. We pray for those who are sick, whether in hospital rooms, nursing home, assisted living at home, with this virus or any other ailment. We pray, O great physician, that you would touch their bodies and heal them according to your will. And we offer their names silently before you now. Holy One, for our work here upon this earth, we offer ourselves in joyful obedience. We offer our names silently before you at this moment. Empower us, strengthen us, Give us courage. All these things we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hear the words of the psalmist, beginning in Psalm 23. The second verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And then we hear more words from the psalmist this morning in the 46th song. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should, ch should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, through the though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. One of the privileges to being a part of a church such as this is to offer our tithes and our offerings and our gifts to God. Each week, 
once a month, whatever, however we can. It is a privilege to give the first of our fruits back to God because God is the one who gives them to us in the beginning. Thank you, church, for being so faithful to give. We have received many pledge cards for our budget for this year, and we thank you. And we're still receiving them, and so it's not too late if you haven't sent yours in. Just go online. You may fill one out there or call the church office, and we'll have one sent to you. Ministry continues here at First United Methodist Church to the glory of God. Hear us now as we offer our prayer of thanksgiving to God. God of light, God of glory. We ask your blessings upon the tithes, the offerings, and the gifts that we will send in our sending and have sent to our church. Bless the givers. And may we use these gifts, these offerings, these tithes to build the kingdom of God upon this earth for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
to God be the glory. Thank you so much, Tim and Tommy, for that beautiful song of praise. Speaking of songs, there is a song in the award-winning mega-hit musical Hamilton that came to my mind this week. The song is actually entitled Yorktown, but it is the subtitle that speaks volumes. The world turned upside down. And for one harrowing day this week, we witnessed the breaching of our American capital by our fellow citizens and our world turned upside down. We always remember where we were and what we were, what we were doing when earth-shattering events happened. I had gone home that day for lunch to prepare it for my mother, who is staying with me now. She was watching it on TV when I arrived. And as we both sat down and we watched with unbelievable shock on our faces and incomprehensible grief in our hearts, we watched the Citadel of American democracy overrun not by foreign enemies, but by our fellow citizens. Now, neither mom, the old civics teacher, nor I, the old political science major, could find words to describe what we were seeing. And I imagine we were not alone. Before long, dread and then fear started to slowly make their way from somewhere deep inside me on up to my consciousness. And I found my mind silently screaming, Oh God, oh God, make it stop before someone dies. Someone did die. Five people died. Countless others were hurt. And the many people, staff and congresspersons, who were in the legislative branch of our government experienced fear for their very lives. For them, the world was turning upside down in real time. Order finally prevailed, and the constitutional business of our government resumed. And those who breached the walls and the trust of our capital just walked out and returned to their everyday lives. Now we are hearing that a few have been arrested and others soon will be. It is a reminder to us that our actions do have consequences. And some of us learn that early in life. 
but others later. Now we have all heard, and many of us are involved in conversations, of course, about what is going on right now as to what should happen in lieu of the events of January the 6th. But my friends, one thing is clear. Life was lost on that day, that second day of infamy. And regardless of the politics or the side that we take on how to decide what to do, what happened that day, we should all mourn the lives that were lost and vow to find ways to ever again avoid such atrocities. After September the 11th, 2001, many people discovered Psalm 46 for maybe the first time. It speaks of things happening that are too large to understand. Things such as the earth shaking, the mountains trembling, the waters roaring, and even kingdoms tottering. During such times, we realize that we are not as strong or as invincible as we think we are. Such times bring us, human beings, to our knees, as they should. When the world turns upside down, my friends, the only way to turn it right side up is to look beyond our faults and to see our need and that need is tremendous now. During such times, the psalmist reminds the people that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God is with us. Emmanuel. God with us. God is with us though the earth shakes, the seas roar, the mountains tremble, kingdoms totter, and yes, even when people hurt each other. Because scripture tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God, we know that a loving God is a present God through good times and most certainly through bad God is present, yes, now. And God grieves when we hurt each other. God grieves when senseless violence prevails. God grieves when we ignore God's commandments to love, even when we think we're justified. God grieves when we ignore our calling to serve God by serving others and instead we serve ourselves. God grieves when we don't reflect the goodness by which we are made and by which we live and breathe and have our being, every single one of us. God grieves. And even through all of this grief, 
God is with us. And because of such love, there is hope of reconciliation, renewal. And as the scriptures tells us, there is hope of resurrection. And we need all three right now. One of the most prolific writers of today, in my opinion, is David Brooks. He wrote a column this week in the New York Times simply entitled, This is When the Fever Breaks. In the column, Brooks writes of when he first set foot in the United States Capitol when he was just a young teenager. The awe he experienced as he walked through the halls was almost overwhelming, and I felt the same thing the first time I walked through those halls. He thought that he remembered that Abraham Lincoln and Henry Clay had worked there, that historic legislation had been signed into law there, that men and women whose names are inscribed in history books walked and talked in, in those halls, and now he was following in their footsteps. And so he said that he walked as fast as his young legs could take him from one side of the capital to the other, hoping that when people saw him and he was in such a hurry that they thought he belonged there. Many years later, he was taken into the Senate chamber by a senator and shown the desks where senators for over 200 years had taken their knives and inscribed their names inside their desk drawers in the wood. As he looked upon history, he found and he experienced the feelings once again of that 14-year-old almost bringing him to tears. Brooks believes that last Wednesday was an inflection point for our country. We saw and we, what we never thought we would ever see and what many of us, and for many of us, it was a clarion call to never let it happen again. But the real problem, my friends, is much deeper than the images that we watched on Wednesday and that we're still watching today. What can we not just as citizens of this country, but as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, do to bring reconciliation and renewal. First, we must look further inside, inside us, and further into the eyes and the souls of our fellow citizens. Our words matter. Our actions matter even more. Our actions, our witness, must be rooted and grounded in the words and actions of Emmanuel, 
God with us? Jesus. We must recommit ourselves to living out what Jesus commands us if we are to help in turning this world right side up, we must love our neighbor. Love our neighbor both in word and in deed. Our world depends upon our resolve in being real-life followers of Jesus Christ whose life exampled sacrifice and healing, forgiveness, and neighbor over self. Our world depends upon us embracing our own profession of faith, a profession where we acknowledge Jesus as our Savior to reject the spiritual forces of wickedness in this world that threaten us every single day, and to live out our baptism as new creations in Christ every single day of our life. This is and will be hard to do. We know that. But it's the mantle of the life that we are called to carry, and carry it well, we must. A friend of mine that I respect very much wrote these powerful words a few days ago, and I want to share with you just a few. We are all called to repentance in this time, all, no exceptions. Let us ask God to reveal to us in a way that we can understand our sin of commission, omission, complacency, silence, indifference, or whatever the Holy Spirit sees fit to reveal. Let our hearts and minds be open as we pray for that revelation. Ask the Spirit to reveal your next steps and give you the strength to carry them out. I pray, my sisters and brothers, that we have the courage to pray this prayer and the strength to carry out the Holy Spirit's revelation. Because the world is depending upon us and God is here to walk with us. Thanks be to God. Amen. On this day, on this day, will you join me in pausing for just a moment? Let's pray together silently. If you can pray that prayer, 
wonderful. If you can't, ask God to stay with you and help you to get there. If you have never professed your faith in Christ Jesus, oh my, it is a good day for this day to be your day. If you want to join in membership with this church as we walk together now, just give us a call. We want to make that happen. Will you join me in just a few moments of silence? And, as, and then I will conclude our prayer together. Holy God, you hear the words coming from the hearts of your children. You hear our fear. You hear our anger. You hear our pleas for forgiveness. You hear our entreaties to you to make us better. Go with us, God. Help us. Bless us. And thank you for loving us. In the name of your Holy Son, Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen. Friends, as our hearts remain in an attitude of prayer, let us sing this prayer together. Let there be peace on earth. Amen. Um. 